0: Thanks, Dave in the studio, I'm Dave in the field, and today, the field I'm in is Tewong. Today, I'm in Perrin Park, that was the site slated to become a three-storey vertical primary school. There's a few problems with that. Um, one, this area gets flooded, like, a lot. Uh, two, there is a federally listed, vulnerable, grey-headed flying fox colony on its border, and three, this is already a public park owned by the council, not by the state government. So let's explore this further uh, with the community that's trying to save this park. The part of Perrin Park that they wanna develop is an old bowls club that has a flying fox colony on its border. The bowls club only has two greens and a long thin clubhouse. It's pretty small and that's why they want to build the school up. They're calling it an innovative vertical school, which means in the space of a small bowls club, they are proposing to build up five storeys and whatever goes on the roof. The first two floors are a car park and support spaces, so the primary school kids have to walk up two flights of stairs before they even get to a classroom. And I haven't even gotten to the harm to the bats. Uh, We'll talk about it later, but it's basically putting up a wall that could be just under 20 metres high, right next to a bat colony, where the silky oaks that they're roosting in can only grow to 30 metres maximum. Um, We'll talk about it later, but uh, let's go back to the people in the park. Before we go any further though, uh, after I recorded these interviews, the local councillor, Michael Berkman, released a statement saying that he had talked to the education minister and that the department is reconsidering the parent Park site. However, that does not rule it out completely and the community still has a petition up which will be linked in our show notes. So I talked to one of the organisers of Protect Parent Park, a group about why this site is not suitable for a vertical school. Uh, my name
1: is Mark Cowan, I'm the father of uh, two boys and I just live in the local area just near Perrin Park and I also have a sort of a background in um, town planning and in sort of environmental management and conservation issues.
0: Yeah, so this is parkland uh, but the state wants to turn it into a vertical school. Can you explain uh, how that goes about? Yeah,
1: exactly, um, so this is This is a central community parkland that's designated by the council under its infrastructure plan that the state government's already signed off on. Um, For some reason, the state government has suddenly decided that it wants to put a school on a central parkland infrastructure, Um, In because the park has so many constraints, it doesn't want to build a traditional school, it's saying that it's going to put a five plus storey school on the site. Um, But they really have taken no serious steps yet to progress that. They do not own the land. The land is owned by council. Council has a legal obligation to keep it as parkland because that's its statutory legal intent. So we're not sure what the state government is going to do. They say this is the preferred site, but they haven't taken any steps to, to, to acquire the land off the council. Um, and if council doesn't freely give it to them, they have to compulsory acquire it, which is an extraordinary step. I think it's unprecedented in, in my knowledge that the state government would target Queensland residents' local parkland as cheap and nasty land for its infrastructure developments. I don't know of that happening in the past. So if it happens here, The question arises as to, is this the new model for the state government, that every time it needs to build a new hospital, prison, other state infrastructure, or school, high school, whatever it might be, um, that it just goes, well, the the cheapest and quickest solution is to steal this community's green space over here, because if that's what they're doing here, why won't they do it somewhere else?
0: Yeah, right. I got in contact with the Minister for Planning, Stephen Miles, about this issue. His media advisor told me that because the site hasn't been confirmed, that it's too early for him to comment. So I then went to the Minister for Education, Grace Grace, as it was a school that they wanted to put in this site. She also didn't have time for an interview. But I asked her media advisor that the community members I've interviewed believe that this acquisition is unprecedented and that the state infrastructure should not be developing publicly utilized recreational areas. Minister Grace's media advisor told me that prior to the 2022 floods, the indication from two rounds of extensive community consultation showed sentiment was in favor of the site Since the floods, the indication is that this sentiment has changed. I asked Grace Grace's uh, media advisor whether future sites for a new school will be acquired from council parks. uh, And they said that no final decision has been made on the site. So according to Mark, acquiring public green spaces is a big part of the problem. Um, I'll let him explain further.
1: From what I've seen, they gave themselves only an extremely short time frame. They announced the school in 2020 at the election, and they said it'd be ready by the next election, 2024. Now that is a ridiculously short time to do, to find a site, acquire it, do all the design, get the approvals, buy the land, do the construction and get it fitted out for a school. Um, and that that politically driven time frame is the reason that they've only targeted parklands or existing schools because they think that getting the land won't be a time constraint. Because it's not private land, they don't have to negotiate to buy it.
0: Okay, so uh, one last question. Uh, the site has uh, some environmental problems as well. Yeah. Uh, it was recently majorly flooded.
1: Yeah, so, it just, so they selected the site last year. Everyone said that it's a major flood zone. They said, oh, we don't care about that. And then, of course, a few months later, it's February 22, major flood came up over the building, well, up towards over the building here. With, with increasing floods and issues around climate change resilience, we should be going the other way and putting less pressure on parklands and their flood zones, rather than putting more pressure on them by building a large five-storey development in them. Um, it seems to be completely against the message of the state government when it tells people not to um, drive near flooded roads. and it, and it's looking at, it's having the buy back land in flood zones. So it seems extraordinary that while they're doing that on the one hand, they're planning a major school development for primary school kids in, and then the flooding is associated with having Tuong Creek and the back colony, which is a very scarce urban habitat that parkland also acts as a buffer around. That's one of its benefits. So there are so many different constraints and issues with this site. It's extraordinary that they're looking at it. Um, and all those constraints are what's driving them to come up with what they call a um, novel, vertical school where they're going to put small primary kids in a school where you have to climb up five stories with hardly any outdoor play space. I, I'm not sure that any of the politicians would, are the ones who are going be sending their children to such a school. Mm. Um, and I think the last people who have actually been thought about in this process, have been the families who have to send their children to the school. I don't. It's not being designed with them in mind. It's being designed to to respond to pressure from other schools and designed to just put it anywhere in a site that hasn't got a big political opposition to it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Thank you very much, Mark. That's right. I got a statement from a member for Maiwa, Michael Berkman. He points out that the state government doesn't need community consultation at all and when a site is chosen the development itself will go through the Ministerial Infrastructure Designation process. Which Michael says, skirt the usual council assessments and are decided under an even less rigorous and more opaque framework. So that's part one and we'll talk more about the bats after a few songs. You're listening to 4 Z Eco Radio, like and subscribe, we're volunteer run.